Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome to OEM Industry Update, a weekly podcast examining the latest news and technology trends impacting product development teams in the heavy-duty on- and off-highway equipment industries. I'm Sarah Jensen, editor of OEM Off-Highway, and in this week's episode, I'll be speaking with Anand Rao, Chief Technology Officer at CalAMP, about the growing use of cellular vehicle-to-everything technology. Let's take a listen now. start the conversation, could we maybe talk about how uh, cellular vehicle to everything technologies have um, advanced in recent years? Of course. Uh, so very quickly, uh, first of all, what has advanced in recent years actually is the, you know, the ultra reliable low latency technologies with, uh, with 5G LTE chip technology that almost all cellular phones use today. In the past year, 5G cellular technologies have become pretty ubiquitous, especially in here in the United States. The bandwidth and resources, as well as the underlying technology in cellular radios, have advanced to a level where cellular radios have been adopted to communicate with, from one radio to another directly, and therefore allowed the support of these CV2X type applications. We're really in the early stages of CV2X technologies uh, being adopted worldwide. Uh, when I say early, it's, it's the beginnings. And mm-hmm. I really expect this to sort of start taking off very quickly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Could you maybe then provide an overview of cellular vehicle to everything technology, maybe what components or systems are involved? Of course. Um, so CV2X is a form of vehicle-to-everything uh, communication. This mm-hmm. includes vehicle-to-vehicle, vehicle-to-infrastructure, vehicle-to-pedestrians, uh, uh, and it's, it's a form of wireless communication, right? Mm-hmm. There's a competing standard uh, that has been around for much longer called DSRC, which is, uh, which is an acronym for Dedicated Short-Range Communications, and that actually uses a wireless standard called WAVE. And that has, uh, it has been shown that CV2X actually, CV2X has been around probably for about, about uh, maybe about a year, year and a half. And CV2X, which is cellular vehicle to everything, has about a 20% more range than uh, DSRC. And certainly better, and has been shown to uh, have much better performance with obstructions, right? But mm-hmm. both CV2X and the SRC, they both use this 5.9 gigahertz band to communicate from one radio to other uh, to another. And when I say one radio to another, it's essentially one vehicle to the other. So you have the the uh, the, the components built into one vehicle uh, into all vehicles 
built into infrastructure, possibly built into helmets or vests or clothing that a, a pedestrian is wearing. And uh, the, the, the communication between these, these things is actually happening from essentially from one to the other without going all the way up to a tower infrastructure that is typical of cellular communications. Um, and this 5.9 gigahertz band that I just referenced, that has been officially designated as the intelligent transport system frequency in most countries. Okay. And uh, DSRC-based V2X is more prevalent in Europe and Japan, while the cellular V2X is gaining momentum in US, China, and other parts of the world. My prediction is that CV2X is probably going to overtake DSRC and probably become the standard. And mm. the components and system, back to the question that you asked, the components and systems involved, mm -hmm. uh, they sort of come from these LTE chipset manufacturers and module suppliers. You have modules that go into your vehicles and infrastructure. If you're talking about city infrastructure, for example, this includes traffic lights, buildings, sidewalks, mailboxes, et cetera, right? Mm -hmm. The ultimate goal is for the vehicle to be able to communicate with everything around it. And if you look at it from a heavy duty construction environment, you would have primarily vehicle to vehicle communication, but beyond that, the vehicles would also need to be able to detect construction workers, possibly within the construction area. And this is where I was sort of alluding to the fact that you might potentially have these embedded CV2X modules in uh, the, the clothing that the construction worker is wearing, maybe their vest or their helmets or so on and so forth that allows these vehicles to communicate and quote unquote see uh, a pedestrian in a hazardous construction area. Now, this can obviously significantly help reduce the risk of vehicle collisions, injuries, specifically when you have autonomous vehicles in these areas. Mm -hmm. Right. And so are you seeing these kinds of technologies, um, would they be integrated into or work with in some way um, the equipment being utilized on a construction site or in heavy duty on highway vehicles to communicate with, you know, pedestrians or infrastructure? Oh, absolutely. So with, with these heavy duty equipment applications, many companies are moving towards, you know, what, what, they, what they typically deem as autonomous mm -hmm. and often remote non-line -line of sight uh, control of these autonomous vehicles. Right, so you have you have an operator essentially sitting in a control room, possibly even thousands of miles away from a construction zone, and controlling this equipment without actually viewing the equipment. You're viewing the equipment on possibly a TV screen or on a computer screen, mm -hmm. right? And we can certainly expect these construction vehicles to advance in autonomy ahead of passenger vehicles, trucks, buses, and other fleet, uh, other vehicle fleets. Primarily because these, these passenger vehicles, trucks and buses and things like that, that are these on highway uh, equipment uh, uh, vehicles, these are subject to a lot more stringent city and road rules. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more complexity as well, right? Because mm -hmm. uh, 
there's a lot more things happening within a city environment versus in a construction zone. And many of these uh, companies are also developing vehicles that can, as I pointed out, can be operated remotely. CV2X is critical in these environments because these vehicles need to communicate with each other reliably in, in frankly, in very harsh environmental conditions and often in hazardous environments, right? Mm -hmm. So certainly CV2X is absolutely uh, key to these kinds of applications. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay. And so how might an OEM maybe go about employing um, CV2X, either the technology or would they work together maybe with a supplier of that type of technology or how might they go about that process if they want to incorporate it into their equipment? Yeah. So the way I look at it is for OEMs, so these vehicle OEMs, right? Mm -hmm. There's a competitive advantage in deploying CV2X technology, first of all, right? Mm -hmm. but, but we are still maybe about 12 to 18 months away from full production of autonomous and non-line-of-sight remote-controlled vehicles, right? Mm -hmm. However, there are thousands of pieces of equipment already in operation that don't have these capabilities, and therefore, what I see is that there's a significant opportunity for aftermarket add-ons that can make CV2X a reality for any uh, of these, uh, what they call the yellow iron companies looking to retrofit their vehicles, as mm -hmm. well as infrastructure around them out in the field. And, and suppliers like Calamp can certainly help in this regard as well as we can also be working with OEMs, so their vehicle OEMs, so that, their so that the technology that is built for the aftermarket can also be embedded in the factory floor as this new equipment is rolling off the factory floor. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how would you guys maybe go about working with an OEM to do that then? Well, you know, partnerships obviously being key, right? If, right. if, if we can partner with uh, one of these uh, uh, these yellow iron OEM type companies uh, and bring to them some of the work that we've been doing research on with regards to CV2X technology. That's certainly an area that we can we can assist. We can we can sort of paint a picture of the uh, essentially the the art of the possible. Right? What can you do with CV2X? And that's something, obviously, now, this is not just Calam thinking about this. OEMs mm -hmm. are thinking about this every day, right? They are thinking right. about how do, how do they get to autonomy faster, quicker, and what technology should, be, should they be using? Now, when mm -hmm. you look at these yellow iron OEMs, their primary focus, obviously, is to make the vehicle itself. The electronics, the the communication between vehicles and things like that, those are areas that they can certainly partner with companies like Calamp that have been in this business for years and are, are 
we CANAP are very sort of adept in these in technologies that uh, go into uh, vehicles in an aftermarket model as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now you were discussing before about um, the CV2X technologies becoming more ubiquitous and how there might be more of an emergence of the technology in the coming year. Um, what is maybe enabling it to become more widely available and why is next year or the year after when it will be a little bit more available in the market? Well, you know, I think uh, my view is that next year, 2022, we expect 5G technologies and the various revisions of cellular technology to be available and rolled out in the US, Europe, Asia, and the confluence of high bandwidth cellular technology and autonomy are, I really think, is, are what going to accelerate the ubiquity of CV2X. Next year, I think, will be an inflection point for accelerated advancements in CV2X. Given where 5G technologies are, are moving, I really think that we are, we are right at the, at the point where it is going to start accelerating. And like I said earlier, Sarah, you know, DSRC has been around for a while, right? Mm -hmm. and, and the need for vehicle-to-everything technologies is, is a known entity. It is the technology, cellular V2, V2X, is I think what's going to start uh, taking off uh, next year, given where we are with the advances in uh, 5G technologies, as well as you know, with machine learning and AI uh, coming into play. Mm -hmm. Okay, so maybe just to kind of um, close out the conversation, maybe how do you guys foresee the technology, if at all, further advancing in the coming years? Well, I think while we are already a year or more into 5G technology revisions, right, including what they call release five, there's an acronym, uh, URLLC, which essentially stands for ultra reliable low latency class. And this is something that's coming in 2022, followed by release 16 of these 5G technologies, which is another acronym called NR Red Cap, which essentially stands for new radio reduced capacity technologies. And then, you know, 6G technology is not far behind, maybe in three or four years' time. All of these technologies, at this point, bandwidth considerations won't even be an issue. Reliability will not be an issue. Security will not be an issue, right? The cost factor is also not going to be an issue. The, these, the, uh, every time these new technologies come into play, module suppliers, chip manufacturers, these guys come out with the modules and chips that are required for these technologies, but the cost is relatively high. However, as, as technologies advance, the, 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 some of these technologies that, that I just described, URLLC, REDCap, the chipsets and the modules that will have these technologies embedded, the price point is going to, are going to start falling. Module suppliers will make it even more economically feasible. And then coupled with breakthroughs in AI and machine learning, I really believe we can expect to see the CV2X advanced by leaps and bounds, I think. Every OEM 
will be developing equipment utilizing these technologies. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today and provide some insight into uh, CV2X technology and how you uh, foresee it growing in the coming years. Of course. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of OEM Industry Update. Thank you to Anand for his insights into CV2X technology and how its use will grow in heavy-duty vehicle and equipment markets. And be sure to tune in each week for another episode to stay up-to-date on our ever-changing industry.